Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Beers, Please. I am Matthew Phillips. He's Yannick and Karnasau. We're ready to talk. Probably more NFL news than one could even imagine, both on and off the field, good and bad. We will, of course, talk about it all. Lots of soccer news as well with the transfer window closing, World Cup looming. We'll make some college basketball picks. And the champions crowned new and old, Darren and Make sure you're following our wonderful Instagram page, two beers, please, underscore podcast. The Twitter, the number two, BP underscore podcast. I'm back on there a little bit more, kind of found my, my groove of thought would, would work best for it. I feel like I was doing too much random sports updating, and I was like, this isn't what this needs to be. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody following two beers, please. Oh, wow. They won. The Chiefs won the game. I guess I'd be giving the wrong information also. I thought I'd be saying that. Uh, make sure you like the Facebook page, like and subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, review, 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 please. Uh, you can do it right now while you're listening. It takes two seconds, less than, especially if you're on Spotify. It takes like half a second. Uh, then like our podcast needs a certain amount of reviews before they'll share what our like overall review is. So we need more reviews, please. Review us up uh, so that we can get a review star rating. Hopefully, hopefully a great one. Jan, how are we doing today? Doing really well. Uh, I'm very excited about today's episode. I think we're talking about a lot of exciting topics, uh, ready to dive into it. Uh, just had a long work shift, but a successful one. And I'm looking at our episode stats. And last week, we had 33 listens on that episode. Uh, and it's not even been that long. It's been less than a week. Um, so I love that. And we're at all time 2.9K listens since we started, Matt. That nice. is, that is amazing. I'm That's so happy. Cool. That is pretty, it is pretty cool. I, I have to Thank say. Thank you. Thank yeah. you to all you people. Right. Like I, we, we hear you and you know, when we started this, it was something that we used to, cope with an unknown future and now it's just something that we use to cope with an unknown future no yeah. no it's and now it's uh and now it's just grown into something that's a passion project of both of ours and uh we will continue to do this as long as you continue to listen so let's go we might continue to do it regardless because mm -hmm. i mean i think even came in coming in we were like i don't know who's gonna listen to this but it sounds fun we both got some time. It really has been been a ton of fun, and uh, I feel like too. I mean, it's I, I've learned so much in doing this, especially for like our careers, which is pretty pretty nice. Especially like doing production wise, where I'm like, yeah, I know how to really like build an episode of of something or or what have you. So, Jan, I appreciate you for letting me tag along with you, and and everyone that's been a part of. Even one second of listening to the 2.9K, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Right. Oh, getting emotional. <laughs> well, I'm doing. I'm doing good too. I got some. It's a good. A good sports night that we have on while we're recording this. I, I got Kentucky Vanderbilt on right now. There's a few more college games. Some some Concacaf qualifying. The USA kind of biting themselves in the ass yeah. that's a bet too bad we're not live that's a bet that'd be a good one i think i think a draw is like plus 500 
and the goals is like two and a half. And I like I know Honduras isn't that good, but I'm not sure any of those guys are going to be all that good out in that weather, right? Right, and also like as young as the U.S. squad is, right? There's no like there's no guarantee that they shore it up and are able to come up with what they need to. Uh, where's the leadership in that team is is what I'm asking. And of course, you know, we'll talk a little later about some of the other teams they're going against. It's not all on the U.S., but... It, but they it, don't look good, right? They don't look like, great. We, we're we're going to talk about Canada later. I'm planning on praising them quite a lot. Mm. I'm not sure your thoughts on Canada, but, like, it's not just that Canada is playing well. I mean, because, like, yeah, the USA is still second. They're, they're going to be fine. They're going to make the World Cup. It's not going to be the disaster that that the previous World Cup was, but they don't look nearly as good. And it's supposed to be, you know, one of the most talented teams. And and I think, you know, we're really we're thinking competitively. We're looking down the line at twenty twenty six, but you you want to see something in twenty twenty two to make you think that a twenty twenty six run, uh, a deep run, could happen. You know. Right. I mean, you think about what led to the 2010 success, right? It was that in 2006, you know, you start to have a result against Italy and you you back that off of the semifinal appearance in South Korea. And then two World Cups before that, you had the 94, you were hosting it. It seems like there's been ups and downs, but there's been mostly bright spots. But since 2010, you know, what are we what has there really been? Uh, there's there's not been a lot to be excited about internationally. Obviously, the Gold Cup, but that that is such a toss up. And well, really, those no- wins against the, against Mexico, right? Like, right. How much stock do we put in those, especially now? None, absolutely none. And also because to to put stock in them would to be assuming that Mexico has gotten stronger, has been as strong as they are, and that hasn't been true either. Both of those teams no. have taken. Uh, a decline. They're, I mean, in, they're they're certainly in a worse position than we are. At least, like we're we've got a young team that's not clicking as they should. Mexico, you're kind of like looking at you like, what what does your future look like? Uh, they've right. got they've got a lot of questions around their national team right now, and and I, I you know, I, I think it they'll they'll answer them well. They'll be competitive enough, but Mexico's been a, a very strong team over the last couple decades, and. And I'm, I'm, you know, right now when you're looking ahead, you're like, I'm not sure you're going to have that same success. Uh, I, I think it has to just be, and 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 I feel like, like you said, you bring it back to 2010 and everything, and it just always feels like leadership and head coaching wise to me, it, it's just not there. It, it's not there in like leadership. It's not there in tactics. It's not there in in creating a team because. These young, talented guys, they—they they should be melding a, a little bit better. Like they're talented enough players, where it shouldn't be this difficult for them to be playing together. And they—they—they're not. Like they just look—they all look so disconnected. Right. There's a huge culture problem. Um, oh, U.S. just scored the first goal against Honduras. Just got the notification. So there you go, oh, U.S. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a huge culture problem in U.S. soccer, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say. I just don't think a lot of the players, the star players especially, like playing for the U.S. I don't think they have the same passion about it that other players. I mean, 
I just think that if their clubs ask them to stay behind instead of play for their international team, I think a good amount of them would at least give it a good thought, you know, where you don't see that for other players. There's a lot of African players right now who are missing club time to represent their country. Sometimes their country that doesn't have a single other real professional on it other than them because they have such a such a good um they have such nationality to it, which is interesting because you think of the US, you think of nationality or or you would used to think of like but this not national soccer, pride. Not soccer wise though. Never really so- like people get pumped for the World Cup, but like even as good as our women are, like nobody cares. Nobody cares about the men's national team. Like yeah, I, I guess like it's just such a more national sport and all those other teams where it's always gonna mean more. Like I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything soccer can ever do to be bigger than like football. Like we could go and win five World Cups in a row. The position hierarchy of what will be the most popular sport in in America, like soccer is always going to be at, at a lower rung. I, I think there's a chance for it to really get a lot more popular over the next few decades. Um, but so I think that's more of what it is because with a lot of those other countries, soccer is like the biggest club. But then you also have to think like culture-wise of at like Africa and, and representing one's like there's a lot, a lot of elements to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a complicated issue. I, I just think that there needs to be a big shift in the coaching staff, like you said. And I think you need to throw some real disruptors in there. Like, I just, I, while I agree that I don't believe that soccer in the U.S. will ever be in the big three, you know, I think it can, it can outdo maybe one or the other, you know, it's definitely possible. Um, Easily beat hockey. I think yeah. in a couple of decades, I think it could challenge baseball. I really right. do. I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's, it, it can't touch basketball and football simply because of the culture that's already intertwined in it. But what I but I but I don't even believe that the the co- people coaching the team believe that it could, and they need to believe that it could, even if the rest of us don't. You know, they need to believe that the U.S. isn't just a work in progress. They need to believe that this is this is our time, even if it isn't. I need someone to be in there and reinstill the faith. I would love to see like a Clint Dempsey just going in there being like, I am sick and tired of seeing y'all besmirch the name that I kind of put on our country. We got, we could have gotten far in this tournament. Y'all are pissing. Well, did we just have just like poor tactics to like, I mean, I, I think it's kind of like, I don't know. You got all this talent. You, you're really young. It's kind of like, you don't only have like all that to lose. Like, let the reins off it a little bit more. Like, like we're all through, I, like, I, I don't think he was ever like when he first got hired, I thought it was a poor choice. Um, and I suppose I brought back like that nationalism or not nationalism, but that, that national support of soccer up too, because like, I, I guess I don't think the USA necessarily needs soccer to be all that popular. Like, I don't think that's what's missing. I, I, I think, Certainly, that's part of why the players don't come back. But I think partly, too, it's just like like you were saying, it's just like how USA soccer is run. Like, it clearly is not run effectively and efficiently and, and well to create a consistent product. Um, and there's like there's plenty of nations you can go look at. Like Germany does not always have the most talented team. They're not like they're, they're 24. Like, of course, Germany's always going to have one of them, a talented team, but they don't always have, you know, 2014 lineups, 2010 lineups, but 
they're always going to compete because of just the culture and because of how the national team is run. And there's all because there's other countries that have the same amount of talent as Germany. Sometimes they'll have teams that are good enough to win the World Cup. Sometimes they'll have teams that are a little less. But they don't like. I, I, I think of France sometimes. Like if France isn't like extremely awesome all around, sometimes they kind of get in their own way. And I guess I'm just like there's there's plenty of countries and and places. I mean, hell, why, why don't you just go ask the women what they're doing? Like. That's a pretty damn good, well-oiled winning machine right there. Right, right, exactly. And I think that, uh, oh, yeah, I, I would love to see it. You know, you want to see it. I, I hope they make it. That's what we can ask. I hope they get a win in the group stage if they make it. Uh, and and we move forward from there. The good thing about, you know, they, they only have up to go, which is always can be looked at as a positive. And there are... Yeah. Even if it's not translating to national uh, team success yet, there are a, a, a much there are much better players uh, coming out of uh, U.S. soccer in terms of the skill and the potential. I'm not saying that at the end they'll be better players or that they are currently better than some of the past players we've had, but you know the Weston McKennies, the Christian Pulisic's, there are like European touted players uh, on the oh, yeah. team. That, I mean, so, easily the most high-profile like clubs represented on the U.S. national team ever. Right. I mean, even Landon Donovan. I mean, different. It was a different time, but like even Landon Donovan. Like, what did he play for Everton? He played for Bayern Munich for half a season. I remember that uh, was super weird. I remember he scored one goal, and for you, Landon. Yeah, and I'll, I'll never forget that because it was just like here is the best America has to offer. And granted, not in his, I mean, not in his not prime, though. It was 2008, so he was still, yeah, like, he was still it, he was playing young. pretty good. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, but lots has to change. I, I, I still have faith. I just think it's going to be such a momentum thing. And right now, they need, haven't found momentum. But I think if they can find momentum, can find the right person to help them believe in themselves again, I think that the team can be as dangerous as, as some of the other teams that we're seeing that might not have the national team success on the higher stages, but are always posing a threat. And uh, CONCACAF is there for the taking. Like We'll talk about Canada later, but you know the U.S. just needs to get their stuff together, and they can really dominate that league if they, if they, if they just show up. Right. Well, and even if they make, like, if you get second, like, it really doesn't matter how you get into the World Cup. You just got to get there. And, and we've seen teams who barely got in by the skin of their teeth have great World Cups. We've seen teams who dominated in qualifying, not make it out of the group stage. Uh, I mean, one of the tough parts of of the World Cup is it is a tournament that really is, like, several years long because of qualifying. So your team can can look a lot different um from from start to finish and like you said like there's plenty of chances for them to to right the ship and and end qualifying i mean like i said like they're, they're, they're gonna qualify they're just they're in a, a good enough position right now with the amount of games left and and the teams below them that they're they are but and, and like and even though i just said you know you can put, be bad and qualified and do well you'd, ra- you'd rather finish qualifying on a strong foot um yeah and so i was waiting for sports to begin on i think sunday maybe saturday i don't know we're not old the the date isn't all that 
<laughs> it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I was waiting for sports to begin, and uh, Sorcerer's Stone, Infinity War, and Empire Strikes Back were all on. They were all about like hour, hour and a half in. So like, you know, same part. Which one would you put on? Or which one would you most watch on? Because like I was watching on on TV, so like you know commercial. Then I'd go, oh, let's see what's going on in that movie. Which one would you like select first? Basically, give me like a power ranking of one, two, three, but do it in the sense of telling me which one you would select first, second, third. Yeah, um, for me, this is this is like a elimination. I like they're all. I like them all, obviously. That's um, a great question, right? Yeah, it's it, it is a great question. So with the Sorcerer's Stone, I couldn't put Sorcerer's Stone first because it's not my favorite Harry Potter movie. For so for me to put it first would mean it's my favorite Harry Potter movie and better than these two. And I don't it's think not. That's, that's I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah, for me it is. If I can't even say that it's my favorite in the series and and I love all of these series. So it's not like, well, but I love Harry Potter so much, so number 2 could still beat number 1. So I had to find a way of separating these movies, and for me it was Sorcerer's Stone's not my favorite Harry Potter movie, and Infinity War isn't my favorite Avengers movie, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars movie. And so I hold them all very evenly, but for me, it goes Empire Strikes Back at number one. I mean, it's like Greek tragedy meets sci-fi, meets iconic characters and lines and more. It's, it's got everything you need. Uh, and then it goes... Great movie. Great movie fantastic movie and then it goes sorcerer's stone and then it goes infinity war um a sorcerer's stone is probably the one i've watched the most of, of the i was three hoping of those. you i was hoping you were gonna have infinity war third you were hoping i was yeah yeah why is that because because like it's a good question i think but it infinity war to me like when i actually started thinking about it I was like infinity war is easily third right like, infinity I think war so is too. fine like I, it's like it's okay. I actually, uh, when I rewatched Endgame, I actually do really like Endgame. It's, you know, it's a bunch of, like, shit thrown in there. But that was what it was going to be anyway. And I think they did a decent job. Infinity War, I'm fine with. But I love Sorcerer's Stone. Empire Strikes Back, probably the best Star Wars movie, I would think. Return of the Jedi, just because of, like, my nostalgia as a kid. Of, right. like, that, I think that one being the one where they technically won where like Empire Strikes Back ends and it's, there's kind of, kind of bad things. Like as a child, the first time I was watching those, I didn't know how to deal with there being bad things in the air. That's and fair. Uh, Return of the Jedi was more like, yeah, heroes win. So I think that was why I always favored it. But I actually, I said, source, I, I watched mostly Sorcerer's Stone. Um, okay, so you got Sorcerer's Stone at the one and Empire yeah, Strikes at the two. Empire okay. Strikes, yeah. Just because I don't, I, like, I think that one's the easiest, it was the easiest one just to like throw on. And especially like the first two Harry Potters that they're on, I had to put them on because it's just like easy talk about nostalgia viewing. Um, but that's not my favorite Harry Potter either. Which one's your favorite? Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner nice. of Azkaban is my favorite. Bo I just book, think book, book and movie? Book and movie. Book and movie. It's my favorite. I just think the book is, is I think, one of the best written ones. And I think the movie does such a great job of doing the thing that the first two did, where it's like, here's the world of magic, and isn't this cool, and look at all this neat stuff, but also introducing kind of that darker storyline 
but not and it doesn't yet yeah. hit like the last movies are so depressing it doesn't hit you with that depression yet it gets like <laughs> really depressing it gets so depressing but there is a lot of conflict you know and 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 i also just like love that it the movie ends and then it's like there's like a second movie that starts where they have to undo things it that that part of it just always was fun to me you know and honestly too like because which i like snape i think he's like kind of overrated because people are always like oh he was in love and like, well, he's still a dick to like an 11 year old right so i don't know if this dude is like the the greatest guy in the world i'm sorry his dad who he looks like bullied you but he is a child so maybe reel it in but uh i bring it up just because like his twist i think is talked about so much that people don't talk enough about the serious black twist like i remember reading prisoner of Azkaban and being like this dude is terrifying. Right. Like, he is a bad motherfucker. Like he is as bad as it gets. And he's going to do some crazy shit. And then it turns and he's like, no, he's the coolest dude of all time. Like w- one of the greatest twists. And it doesn't get it's it's due credit anymore because everyone talks about the snake twist more. I'm so glad you said that. The Snape twist is completely overrated. The fact that that movie included so that overrated. scene where they're like, you know, what would be make us feel bad about Snape. Him stepping over his dad's dead body to hug his dead mom and ignoring this crying baby. Yeah, that makes me want to root for the guy. Like, the guy has, the guy is selfish, and he only cares about his own feelings. And I'm sorry, if you haven't dealt with your, like, feelings about a woman that you haven't, have been unrequited for, like, two decades. Right, dude. have Have to, like, manifest them by having a, like, a weird ass relationship with the, her son because you could never have a relationship with her. That's so weird. It's so weird. It might weird. be time to move and on. I'm, yeah, and of course, like, do I do I respect him more than I did when I thought he was just, like, you know, lying to everyone? Sure. But, you know, I understand what he was doing. That doesn't mean I root for the guy. And I... It just got blown out. Like, like you said, the movie made it, like, blew it out of proportion a little bit more. And then it became this, like, big, like, you know the the fans of of Harry Potter made it like this big big because if it was if it was just like a very simple like yeah I really cared about Lily at when when we were growing up like I meant a lot she meant a lot to me and all this stuff like it hurt a lot I do want to do it like I just very like small it would it make more it feel more human instead of like this like way overblown like. I've been in love with her always, and I'm also gonna bully her. It, yeah, it doesn't it got, make a lot of sense. Ugh. And there's so many better storylines, right? I agree with you. The series doesn't get enough credit because I remember when those books were coming out still, and I remember being like, "Don't trust this guy. He's gonna murder someone close to you. Like he's gonna murder yeah. someone. He's a liar." And then within the span of three books, he goes from scary to I don't trust him to I only trust him to now he's dead and I don't know what to do about it. Spoiler alert, but like you should know by now. Yeah, I mean, you don't know that serious dad. I remember when he died, I was like, no, he didn't. He's not dead. Right. I kind of I, I, I still, I didn't, I didn't like that death. I thought it was, I thought it was too soon. Okay. I like, I didn't think that we had had enough time with like harry and sirius in their relationship you of know course, right and, and like and i mean like 
not even just like enjoying it. I mean, like actually, because he kind of like slides in and is just like, oh, we're best friends and I'm your dad and everything. And it's like a little too easy and happy. Go Like, I think it like it should have had a little bit. But, but there's times I mean, there's like Harry Potter, really, the end of it is a children's book. Like, right. 100%. I think they're extremely well written. I like I really like them. Um, J.K. Rowling's kind of a dickhead. Yeah. But uh, um, and I love it. Like the whole cast is just like, yeah, no, we don't agree with your like. That ain't cool. Like, be you. Yeah. yeah like, thanks for giving us this career, but also we don't care because you're a dickhead. <laughs> but like, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Jan, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah, you know, I'm feeling some sort of way about some of the news that came out recently. So I'm drinking a Sam Adams in protest. Is what I'm drinking a Sam Adams, showing some New England pride. Uh, is what I'm doing. How about you, dude? I think, I think that Belichick's is like I fucking hate the owners. So, Deflate Gate, uh, Bounty Gate, all this shit. I'm coming for them. Oops, Fair. accidentally said it. Oh my god. Fair. No, I think he's I, just an old man. Uh, I got a little uh, a Bud Light Lemonade. Mr. Mark Saladino turned me on to these, and I, yeah. hate, I hate how much I like them, but I think they're so good. And I've just yeah. been trying to to evoke some summer vibe. I've been, I think I said this last episode. I've been listening to a lot of country. Don't really know why. I've never listened. Yeah. I, I mean, I always like country, but like I don't listen to a lot of it, unless it's the summer. But it's been helping me. It helped me get through January. The first two days of February, I already feel better. Yeah, summer manifesting is real. I, I, I actually, that's why I picked my beer last time. I picked a shot top last time because right. I wanted summer. So as long as one of us does it each episode, it's bound to happen sooner or later. I think it's smart. I think. All right, good. well, let's get into some sports. We've been chatting about, well, actually, we talked about the U.S. men's. We, we did some stuff. We did. Was, we did. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, we'll get more in-depth. With all the NFL head coaching hirings, once they've all been finalized, a few deals so far. Breaking somewhat news, uh, John Harbaugh, or Jim, Jim Harbaugh, right? John is in Baltimore. Yeah. Why, why, name, name them different things. Yeah. Terry Terry, and Francis. I would not get those two next. I would know which one's in Baltimore and which one's. Jim Harbaugh will be staying in Michigan, which is shocking. I really had a, I had a note earlier down here where I'm just like, so he's gone, right? Like, it's National Signing Day, and he's at an interview. So I, I have no idea what the hell he's thinking. I don't know why he maybe, – maybe, like, I guess there is the early signing day. Maybe Harbaugh was like, I have my class. I'm good. I, I have no idea. I don't know why he handled it this way. It seems very odd, but he's going to be staying in Michigan. Uh, there have been four hiring stuff. So Bar Matt Eberfluss taking over for the Bears, the old Colts, Colts offensive coordinator coming to the north. Both Yannick and my teams are losing our offensive coordinators. Josh McDaniels, a second chance out west with the Raiders, and Nathaniel Hackett taking over McDaniels' old gig with the Broncos. And Mr. Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator, headed to the Giants. And the guy's name, who now, unfortunately, really for him, like Brian Dable is not the bad guy in this, but he's like probably going to get like some sort of bad flag for it, which he doesn't deserve. He has done nothing wrong. He's just trying to, to take care of himself. Uh, but uh, is somewhat embroiled in the biggest news in the sports world right now. Brian Flores, the ex Dolphins head coach and a guy whose name has been linked with almost every job opening this year 
has filed a lawsuit against the NFL, alleging that the league and its teams have violated several civil and human rights acts and discrimination towards black head coaches or black coaches in general and front office positions. Uh, Flores claims also claims that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for every loss in an effort to tank for a better draft pick. Uh, what really seems to have gotten the ball rolling on this was an old dude not knowing how his phone worked. Uh, mm. like he just, which, you know, how many times, how many stories start with that? Uh, no, really, I mean, like Brian Flores clearly is a guy that has felt this discrimination his whole career. Um, I'm sure in, in a, a, a many different ways. And, and this isn't even the first coaching carousel that he's been a, a part of. Uh, he's been in this game a long time. It's impacted him a lot. So I can't imagine that this coaching carousel by any means was the first time Brian was like, Oh man, I'm getting discriminated against. Um, but it was, I mean, I think it was this Belichick text accidentally texting him instead of Dable, congratulating him on getting the jobs that, I mean, I like because I because it just had to be so like you have to already be so hyper aware of it as a black head coach. You, I mean, you just you know there's not that many black head coaches. You know, you you don't get a fair shot. Brian Flores knows that as well as anyone. Um, and you also know that the Rooney Rule, while I, I think it, I think the spirit of it is is right, is not a good rule, and you have to already feel like you're just the box to be checked. And now Bill Belichick goes ahead and lets you know that is exactly the case. Everything that you are feeling, everything that you think is going on, that you're pretty sure is going on is a hundred percent going on. You are. And, and I'm, I'm sure there are ownership teams in the NFL that, that don't do this. Uh, I, I'd like to think that not all 32 NFL teams do this, but I, I think there's enough that do. Um, and it's it's just a really unfortunate thing. Um, but I 100 percent applaud Brian Flores for doing it, because I, I think it's clearly something the action needed to be taken. And um, for a, a guy who, as I've already said, has, has been fighting this sort of discrimination throughout his career as a coach, um, it, it takes a lot of bravery to say, all right, now I, I'm now I'm really going to face it. Now I'm really going to step up to the plate and, and get the ball rolling on this. Um, so, Brian Flores, we applaud you. And uh, Jan, what are your what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Because he would have gotten one of these jobs at some point. Like I don't know which job. And granted, like I I know that the discrimination was that they weren't actually looking at at him for the job by the time they interviewed him, fair enough. But he was still one of the most qualified coaching candidates. And now that you hear that Jim Harbaugh staying, that takes even one other person out of the running. You're Most likely, he would have gotten a head coach job or had a high position somewhere. And he decided to say, I, I, I don't... Think, I think he still might have a, ch- a better chance than, than I initially thought. Right, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not saying he doesn't have a chance. That's definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like I know I get I get I get what you, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah, he's risking the chance. He's absolutely absolutely risking the chance. Uh, and you know there is one other element to the um, the Flores uh, situation, and it's uh, his owner apparently offering him a hundred thousand dollars for a loss, which 
like, you know, you, you can go on integrity of the game and, and all this and that. But like, for me, the biggest part of it is just like losing a team losing impacts so many people from the players to the coaches, to the concession workers, to the restaurant outside the stadium, like NFL teams are, are, are a massive economic like thing. And right. of course you're going to lose games, but like losing, if you're, if you're two and 14, you and in the surrounding area are not making as much money as the team that's 12 and four. You just aren't. So for a guy to be negatively like to actively being like negatively affecting people's lives. And, and we're speaking just, uh, you know, on the field wise player and coach wise, a few bad seasons can ruin your career. It doesn't matter what you do. If your team is always shit, people are gonna be like, you're not good. And, and, and like that, that part I, I have a huge issue with. And then, and then also just like, especially now in the world of sports betting, like I, I don't know what the competitive rules are in the NFL, but I, that's I'm not, not sure it's sketch. enough to you know, like. I'm not sure it's like enough to force Stephen Ross's hands, but it it's not it's good. not a good it's not a good look. Like I like I think it's something that he'd probably be able to survive and not have to sell. But it depends. It depends on how like because this is one of those things where it's like the the Washington, like the commanders now. Um, that's how we're going to break that news. They are officially the commanders. I, uh, it's a fine name. I kind of I kind of wish they would have just stayed the. I kind of just wish they were the Washington football team. I think that would be hilarious. But Me too. like with the Dan Snyder thing, like once, most of the time, once you you know oh, uncover a rock, it more and more comes. Uh, so I. A new, we got a new owner coming in Denver. It, it might be coming to Miami too. Right, exactly. And I think that, yeah, it's it looks bad. And it's also, it doesn't sit well. And the fact that it's a billionaire deciding what's best for all these people who don't make nearly as much money as him is disgusting. It's disgusting. And he should be ashamed of himself. I know what he might have been thinking in terms of justifying it to himself. Like, oh, but this is how we'll get better. But at the end of the day, it's a billionaire playing with money like it's Monopoly and deciding. It's just like, like that doesn't how it how it works so either. Like that's just not yeah. a good strategy either. Hundred like, percent. Let's let's go down a list of all the teams that have got have had the number one pick. Like, do you know how many times? Like, I, I, I we all dream that you're going to pick the, the number one guy, and then two years he's going to lead you to the Super Bowl. What Joe Burrow's doing does not happen. Like that's not how football works. Like 100%. You, you can't just pick. There's been plenty of number one picks who have done nothing, or or who have done good and have done great. But it's that's not how football works. Where they're not their one being isn't going to change the whole game. So like, not only are you doing a dumb thing, you're doing it for a stupid ass reason. Right, 100%. I mean, the only way that people win Super Bowls is by A, building the roster, and B, deflating the footballs. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So I just don't understand. If he wanted to be sneaky about it, there is a there is a game plan out there for it, and he didn't take it. He tried to do this other route, which is, which is just not the way to go. And, yeah. and you know, 
Sorry, I'm also watching the Knicks get blown out. It is amazing how bad they've gotten this season. Like, they are they've had, just... They've, they've had some good games. They, they made me a bunch of money the other night against... Uh, shit, who was it? It wasn't someone, It wasn't anyone good. The Kings. The Kings, yeah. The Kings... Where, are, where, are, the, where are the Knicks? Where are they in the standings? Uh, They're what? They got a, they're they still, outside of the play-in. Are they still in the play-in? No, they're are outside. They, are they really... Yeah, they're outside of the play. Damn, and I, they are I believe, I believe they're outside. Cause well, you know, and it's, damn, they're really not doing all that bad. Like 24 and 27 is about what I would expect. Well, nah, they should be better. They should be better. They're still, I'm in, sorry. They're still in it, though. They're just, they're just right outside of it. Right. Everyone's get, still in it. They can get in there. There's, there's times. The Magic and the, the magic Pacers and the Pistons. And the Pistons. Yeah. Pacers yeah. yeah, Pacers are probably out, too. But, yeah. Um, I just think that it'll be interesting to see where this goes, and I can't, I can't wait to cover it because I agree it could be a turning point in football, and I'd love to see that. Yeah, I actually like. I mean, I think that what he is going to, and it's not like a single hand, like it's not going to be Brian Flores one handedly, single handedly like fixing this all, and, and I think he knows that. Um, but I think his his action here today is what's going to. Hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm probably being too optimistic, but but I think where we are right now in the in time, I, I think it's I, – I am optimistic for the change. Let's talk about some on-field stuff for the NFL. Love that. Conference championship weekend, Yannick. Mm. The best playoffs that I, I can remember continued this weekend. Continued. We another walk-off overtime field goal from, like – Already is Evan McPherson in, in the discussion of like greatest playoff kickers. Like I, I think I would throw him in the top five already. I I, uh, I, yeah. I, I my uh, my list isn't. All, I don't know how long my list is. I know number one's Vinatieri, of course. I don't know really who else would make up my top five, but but I think Evan McPherson's in there. I mean, I also have such like a little understanding of like which kickers are all time playoff heroes, but in my head. It's Adam Vin- I don't in no particular order other than Adam Vinatieri at number one. It's Adam Vinatieri, Stephen Gaskowski, uh, it's it's Justin Tucker, it's Evan it's McPherson. The Patriots. Yeah, it's- but even like Tucker, like Tucker's a great kicker. Gostowski's a great kicker, but they haven't had like, mo- like big moment kicks in the playoffs. Gostowski did uh, in a Super Bowl and a, and a couple runs he did, but but. I which I agree super, with Justin which Tucker. Super Bowl. He he's we he hit all the field goals when we won against the Rams. That's all the points we scored. It was <laughs> like a ten to scored... three game, right? But that te- that three was important. That is just making a kick in a Super Bowl doesn't make it a big moment kick. Rostowski's okay. a great kicker, but he doesn't make this list of because we're talking specifically playoff mo- like Vinatieri made. Game ending Super Bowl winning kicks. McPherson is making game with like that's I'm not I'm not saying Gustafsky isn't a great kicker. He did like I just don't remember him ever being like, oh, and then Gustafsky made this massive kick. Like Yeah, I mean, yeah, the one that I'm seeing that that would be um that would be his best year. He went 35 for 37 the year that uh the Seahawks uh lost that's to regular us. The- season. That's, we're not even no. talking about rate. We're talking only playoffs. Right. So let me look. Hold, please. 
Let me look. He doesn't have. He doesn't have any. I, it's not the amount of kicks you make. I'm talking about big moments. Of course. Like, of course. But I, I. If you have to I, look one up, then then I think we I think the point. If you proof. remember that Evan McPherson hit field goals five years from now, then fine. But like I, if they feel go and as, win, if they go and win, I mean, like he's a rookie, so he's like. But he's made a lot. If they go and win the Super Bowl, then I probably I might. Steven Guskowski has the second most postseason points of all time. I want to put that out there. Irrelevant to what I'm talking about. I think it he's second to Adam Vinatieri. You are, you are talking you are talking about like volume points. Like, yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar has the most points of all time. I'm talking about who has the most buzzer beaters. Okay, so you're talking about clutch factor rather than like a six. Like yes, a, that's what I said the whole time. Big all momentous right. moments. All right. Well, I'm just. I thought we were talking. My audio not coming through. Listen, I thought we were talking all time best playoff kickers, not necessarily the I clutch moments. I literally told you that's not what it was. Okay. So you well, tuned me out for a few I, seconds. No, I got too. I got defensive about my Patriots. I have to after today. All I right? said Gaskowski's a great kicker, so he doesn't have those moments. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's start Chiefs, Cincinnati. The Bengals do get it done. It is Evan McPherson. Again, greatest kicker of all time. Uh, I'm going to get a McPherson jersey. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? He missed some big uh, – one or two, maybe three. He might have missed three big kicks against the Packers early on in the season, and we somehow beat him because he played – or no – I think he only missed one. I think it was Crosby that missed a bunch, but he still missed one. Regardless, yeah. he makes it overtime and takes Cincinnati to their third Super Bowl ever. Joe Burrow doing what nobody, I mean, like, I think we all thought the Bengals were a fun, good dark horse team, but do you ever really think that dark horse team is, is, is going to get it done a week? After week after week, I, like you know, there's always some depth. There's a reason they're a dark horse. They're not picking them as the favorite, but they get it done in dramatic fashion every single game. Burrow, I mean, like the, the guy's a superstar already. Let's start with the Chiefs, though. Let's start with the losers. Their fourth ACC of ACC, their fourth AFC championship game in four years. They are now two and two in the said games. Yannick, who do you think is most to blame for the Chiefs' Chiefs loss? Yeah, I know that everybody has loved to put this on Patrick Mahomes. And great, granted, like Patrick Mahomes, did he play his best game? No. Did he play anything close to the game he played last week? No, of course not. He definitely had a hand in it. Um, But when the Bengals' defense is set up in a way, a Bengals' defense, mind you, that is not good. It It is average at best. Uh, when a Bengals defense is playing one way and begging you to do something to like call their bluff and they're not a defense that you need to worry about that, why don't you call the bluff? They were basically begging them to run the ball as if they had a good run defense and they don't. So like run the ball against them. If it was well, the Bills. And even, even if you do have a good run defense, when you only have three down linemen, and like. Right, exactly. It's not going to be that good of a run defense. 100%. So that's the number one uh, reason why, uh, let me just start, I I blame Andy Reid for this loss. Uh, and number two is because, like, you can say what you want about Patrick Mahomes. If I'm Andy Reid and I am that much up going I- into halftime, right, 
I'm I'm not trying to take the points at that goal line, especially not with a play like that. And I don't know 100% who is responsible for that play, put it on Mahomes more than Reed. But if I'm Reed, I'm going out there and I'm being like, we're taking the points. I'm I'm sorry, right. we're taking the points. We know I think that, that these- specific play, I think you yeah. I think you do blame Mahomes because you're like, why are you throwing like you know better? But I think you can really probably like blame Reed more so because he probably shouldn't have been in that situation to even make that bad play. You know, I, I I'm in total agreement with you. I mean, I, right. I think Mahomes certainly deserves his blame. Um, and he, he had a very, very poor second half. Um, but part of the, that was due to, like you said, what the Bengals defense was doing. Like they, they were like eight guys deep. All right, throw it to us. And there was nowhere to go. Um, I, I think Patty started trying to force things a little bit too much, but like clearly there needs to be an offensive change. Clearly, like hand the ball off a little bit. Jarek McKinnon's been absolutely killing it for you lately, too. 100%. Like it, it's not like there is a guy who's been who's murdering it. Like it's not like you're like coming in, and you're like, man, we have no one to turn to if we need to run the ball. Like, nah, you you got a really good option and the guy who's really feeling himself. And and again, like I said, when there's three, I mean like when they're begging you to run the ball, you probably don't even need a guy to be running the ball that well. Um, and it's right. also oh. like you've got the lead. You shouldn't you waste Rice clock. Sorry, what are you saying? No, I, and exactly. And also, like, you have a guy on your team. Forget the running backs, which you all you bring up good points. You have a guy on your team. They want to play like that. Just have Tyreek Hill run jet sweeps on them all day. Just have Tyreek Hill run an end around and see if they only want to rush three. Because he'll just get 50 yards running then. Like, honestly, yeah. it, it baffles me. They have players, and they've done that this season, where they've ran with Tyreek, where they've ran with Miko Hardman, where they've ran with Travis Kelsey, and all of a sudden, they don't want to try any running plays. All of a sudden, they're like, we have to win like we won last week, even though it's not the same game. That doesn't make any sense to me. And also, sorry, Mahomes just played the game of his life, and Andy Reid... Like, while he has some success that we can attribute to him, he also has a lot of clunkers. He has a lot of clunkers in his career. So, sorry, this one's going to stick more to him. This one's going to stick more to him. And that's why I blame him more, because it's just something that we've known him to do. Yeah. Well, I, like, that's that's one of the biggest things for me, too, where I'm like, yeah, I guess, like, we can say Mahomes 2-2 two and two in AFC championships. Maybe, maybe he should be better. But, like, this was – you also have to give your due credit to – the team he was playing and, and one of those losses was to the greatest player of all time. Like, I, I don't think I, it, it's, it's understandable. You look at Andy Reed, Andy Reed all time is three and five in, in conference championship games. And all five of those losses, he was a favorite. Like this is a guy who, as you said, like has continually done this. Like this is, he, he's the Aaron Rodgers of head coaches. Like he should win in the, the conference championship game. And just like, can't get it done. He just like overthinks it. And even even the conversation games they've won, they like I, I think they were down by double digits in like each game. Like it, it didn't go all that smoothly for them. Um but yeah I I'm in total agreement with you that that this one's on on Andy Reid. Do you think that this will impact Mahomes legacy? It depends on what you what you're you think the legacy is headed towards i think you know like if if we're talking is he gonna be the goat one day then sure it affects his legacy because the goat conversation with with brady is so very strong 
and like you can't make any mistakes right because you have to win like this many super bowls and be this successful so fine like if it's going to affect his legacy that way fair enough um but if you if you're just like where is he going to be a hall of fame quarterback or like is he going to like be remembered as a successful person i don't think it affects it that much you know i think he'll still be one of the best qbs to have put on a, a you know to have you know put on that position and i think you know where it more stands is that is he going to be closer to a tom brady or is he going to be closer to an aaron rodgers and i think that's maybe where it affects him where now people are viewing him as oh i don't know you know yeah he won a super bowl and he got and maybe the other one wasn't his fault but oh no now he lost again and and he didn't play that well even though we know he can play at lights out so he does it affects his legacy in terms of like what people are comparing him towards but he's still young he's still got like a good team so i don't i don't put it on him that much so long as the trend doesn't continue right i agree i think it's it's one of those things that it's uh too early to really say because like <clears throat> is he going to catch brady probably not but i think we you and me, even just off the pod, have talked a lot recently about like only four quarterbacks have won three or more Super Bowls. Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, Aikman. That that's historic ground. Uh it's an, an absurd number. And I think Mahomes can certainly still do that. Right. And he, and if he gets if he gets three because of the way he plays, because of everything he does, I think he he'll set himself up enough for second greatest of all time. When you're, you know, have less than half of the, the other dude, it's it's tough to really say you'd be better than him. But you at least set yourself up for that. If he only wins one, I, or or obviously no more, then yeah, then it's bad. Then, then you're right. I mean, then he like if he doesn't win any more Super Bowls, then he becomes Aaron Rodgers. He becomes Jim Kelly. He becomes you know a guy of just like man, he he should have had more. He was so great, but if he goes off and wins two more Super Bowls, then it then it becomes more of like, oh yeah, and he made it to the AFC Conference Championship four years in a row. Like, it it it, could, it can turn into oh missed opportunity sadness, or it can to turn into like an accolade of being like, oh yeah, and this is how like he was playing for the Super Bowl every year that he was a quarterback. So yeah, I think I think it's too. I, like I think people being like, oh yeah, this is gonna follow him around forever. I, I think it's far too early for that because I mean, even take Brady. If Brady, after you guys lost that second Super Bowl to the to the Giants, and he was sitting at three Super Bowls, if if his career would have ended there, I think it would have been one of those. Ah, uh, he he was he was a great quarterback, but missed opportunities. Like, can we say he's the greatest? I don't know. He he just never. He never really went and, and took it and, and made it happen, especially with like that 18 and one team. People, I think, would be like, oh, yeah, like so close to, yes, maybe doing it. But then he went and won four more Super Bowls. Like he, he completely was like, no, I'll make sure this narrative is not about the opportunities that I missed. So I, I, I think it's too early. Like I've heard people being like, oh, yeah, this is going to fall around. I think it's too early for that. Right. 100%. If Brady had stopped, you know, his success after that second loss, they would have been like, Oh yeah, he he caught fire early with a good defense, but then he couldn't win it when it came down to him. And like, of course, easier to say in hindsight, depending on what happens. But Mahomes is still young, 
and I it's I I see no reason why he couldn't go out there and win more. Um, you know, does it's it's always harder to get back, of course, but I I think that there's no reason why we can't expect a couple more out of him. And then I do think this gets framed. That's what I think is going to happen. I see him at least winning three, and I think this gets framed then as, you know you know th- look how many times he was there and then he also won these three times i also think it's important right. to say like i think we haven't seen the best of mahomes yet and and i and i know how that sounds because we've seen mahomes be so good and then it seemed like he regressed but i think mahomes still has a decent amount of maturity to go through in terms of his quarterback skills and i don't see that as something that he doesn't possess i see it as something he's still learning uh, and I don't know what it's going to take for him to learn that lesson, but I think he still has room to improve there. And if he can get a little better about his decision making and get a little better about controlling his team and not just being a star, but also being a, like a real leader, I think that I think that he will only get better, and and then that Super Bowl success can come again. It's it's a crazy statement, but I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, he hmm. really is like a a kind of a young quarterback for as as good as he is and as talented as he is and as experienced as he is. He's like, he's still relatively like youthful and just, and just like, I just feel like, like un, sort of untapped potential. And, and I think to your point too, like I think he's relied for the most part, like on just being that good. Right. Which does only get you so far in the NFL because they'll, they'll catch up to you. They'll, they'll, they'll get the tape and they'll be like, Oh, okay. This is how we can shut it down. You know, the great ones, the, the Tom Brady's and even the, the Aaron Rodgers, um, uh, you know, the guys that, that have that longevity and then are consistently the Peyton Manning's consistently, you know, ha- like competing at the top level. They, they are keeping on adding to their game. You know, they're able to read defenses in, in such an absurd, you know, way. Like, I, I I agree with you where his his best days are, are certainly in front of him. Right, 100%. And everyone loves to make early calls, but, you know, don't put Burrow in the Hall of Fame yet and don't say Mahomes is a wash yet. How about that, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I think that's fair. We won't put Burrow in the Hall of Fame, but Yannick. Next year, start of next season, is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback in the league? Yeah, especially with Brady gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to say, I think Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers are, are those top three. I don't know what order you put them in, but it depends on what you say. But then I think it's easily Burrow. I think that after that, Carr, Herbert, sure, they're as talented. I think they can be, but I think it's also like, they haven't had the success bros had, so I can't rank them like that. Um, right? Like, right. Like, like, oh, yeah, like, Herbert's good. Like, press, I, dad, like I don't know if Burrow's is, like, a ton, ton better than these guys, but, like, I just see Joe Burrow reel off three games like that. Right, 100%. And Herbert couldn't even will his team into the playoffs as good as he is. So they still have some proving to do. And I think that, you know, Burrow's easily four and... And that's only because the three ahead of him, one is a first ballot Hall of... Two of them are first ballot Hall of Famers, and one of them is is on track to all probably be the same, honestly. Probably do so, the same, yeah. Right. So it, it, we're, we're in a really great time of 
quarterbacks, and it's crazy with all the great quarterbacks, he's still top four. I mean, especially with Brady gone. Maybe he he would be on the edge out looking in if Brady was still there. But he would still still be be top. Right. He'd still be top. when I when I like wrote the question and I thought of the question, I was like, oh yeah, that'll be a fun like fun question. Like we can consider him with all the other guys and like what this run does. And then as I like once I sat down to actually do my notes for it, I was like, this is the easiest answer in the world. Like he's number four. I like clearly. I think like I I don't even Stafford maybe number five. I, I would probably put Stafford at five and and just right behind him. I guess you could maybe put Stafford four, him five because of the. Be better in experience. I, you know, in two in two weeks' time, we'll have our answer. Who's four or five? That's and that's <laughs> I, I believe that as you well. Win. One of one of these quarterbacks would have to really like suck for us to not have them in four or five. Like would really have to throw like four right. picks and lose his team the game. But yeah, I mean, like I think the better question is like not so much of like oh is Joe Joe Burrow ahead of the rest of the pack and in the top five, and more of like okay, how far away is Joe Burrow from? being with Allen and Rodgers and Mahomes. And I I don't think it's all that far. It's not. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, if he in his second try takes his team all the way and wins this Super Bowl, I mean, you can't you can't really compare any of those guys at the same time to him. Like you can't. No. Even Rodgers did not do that. So it's it's you know, you can't say he's as good as Rodgers because Rodgers has back-to-back MVP seasons. And, like, we're looking at him right now in terms of, like, playoff stuff. And, of course, we're looking at him negatively because of that. But make no mistake, Rodgers, like, deserves that number one spot, even if we're not going to rank him there. He deserves that number one spot, even if we're not going to rank him there. Um, Right. Especially with Brady gone now. Like, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Exactly. But, you know, Burrow... He just he's he plays the position as well as any of those guys. Mahomes and Allen, the reason they're ranked higher is because they have that added kind of elusiveness that Burrow maybe hasn't shown yet. But we also know that Burrow has an offensive line where he's not allowed to be elusive. He literally it's throw the ball or get sacked nine times. As soon as that man has an offensive line, mark my <laughs> words, he's going to go to the AFC championship game every year until he retires. Like if they can get a good offensive line around him, it, it, there's no telling what they can do because he's doing this all with a makeshift line. He's doing this all with my flag football team from college guarding him. And let me tell you, our quarterback got sacked every game at least 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's insane too. And like when we think last year of the playoffs, the one of the biggest storylines was like I mean, <clears throat> of course Tom Brady got all all the love. The reason the the Buccaneers won that was the pass rush, was their defensive line, was the ability to get to the quarterback. Like we always talk about with how good these quarterbacks are now, the only way to stop them is to get a pass rush. You give them too much time, you're, they're they're going to figure it out. Uh, the Bengals kind of figured out a way to stop that if you just throw everybody in the defensive backfield and the other team loses their running plays but uh they're just like where are they going like (laughs) (laughs) but like truly like they and the chiefs defensive line certainly didn't do nearly as well as it needed to um but like it 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 hasn't stopped burrow when it's like that no that's the one thing that's supposed to be able to stop you and it, it it's hard not to just also be such a believer on this guy, not only because of how he carries himself, 
but I'm just like thinking about like my my memory, even just like my mes- recent memory of Joe Burrow. I, like, obviously the initial is this playoff run, but just the incredible season he had this year. Really great start to last year before tearing his ACL, and then the year before that, the most impressive college football season ever. Mm. Like it, it was one of those things where like each game LSU came out and he played, you were like, okay, when are these video games like numbers and this play gonna stop? Like this is this is absurd. You don't drop fifty points on everybody like eventually you know you'll play some tough competition no every game that dude was slicing and diet like it didn't matter he went to the college football playoff and destroyed oklahoma and clemson and he's coming to the nfl and pretty quickly made it look just as easy and that's where it, you're just kind of like man like this guy seems unstoppable if he doesn't lose that i I'm more confident than I should be attitude. There's no telling what he can do because you know who had that attitude. Tom Brady had that attitude. And I was going to say Tom Brady had that attitude. a lot. And when, you know what? The other the thing that I think Joe Burrow has that Tom Brady had, and, and it's something that like, it's part of the reason I think I like, I, I like Brady more as a player than I like Aaron Rodgers. This unending, unquenchable hunger. Yeah. It does not matter. And like Joe, I think Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow, the way he carries himself, the way he plays, the way he looks at the game, it reminds me so much of Brady of just like, oh yeah, this is nice. I want more. Mm-hmm. I want that. I don't the cool. That. And then I want another one. And then another one. And then another one. And then I'll be satisfied after I have seven and I've played for 22 years and I have a supermodel wife. Like that's, that's, that's what it reminds me of. And I, and I like, right. I agree. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be real fun to watch. I'm excited for the future years of Joe Burrow. More, more importantly, I'm excited about the current Super Bowl run. And I think that he's got a great shot. Yeah, me too. We said the Bengals, uh, this is their third Super Bowl appearance. John, did you know in the first two, they played the 49ers of San Francisco. I did not know that. Yeah. Very interesting. The, wow. And lost both those games. Of course. So this third time, they are luckily playing the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams beating San Francisco 20-17 to at home. Comeback victory for Stafford and the Rams. They're down 17-7 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was a very, very impressive comeback. I was, I said this last week when, when I talked about McVay's aggressiveness, I was very critical of how the Rams were – or finish that game in week 18 against the Niners, just very soft, very timid, very reserved. It has been quite the opposite in the playoffs. We saw a very different sort of mindset, different game plan there in the fourth quarter, really trusting in Stafford and letting him, him work. Um, and then that, you know, incredible defense making plays, the Rams getting it done. Yannick, Matthew Stafford, does he need this Super Bowl for us to consider his career dip- differently now? Or like, in in the sense of like, I, I feel like before we would have looked at Matt Stafford and said, "Ah, oh, talented guy, never, never really could get it done." Has he done enough now for us to be like, "Yeah, he was a really, really good quarterback." Like, do you think he's he's done enough to get rid of the stigma that kind of followed him in Detroit just by being in the Super Bowl, or does does he have to win next Sunday? No, he doesn't need to win. He absolutely has proven enough because. 
Uh, and like, I know what people are going to say, you know, oh, but Jerry Goff got them there. Yeah, but 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 that was what the Rams needed to prove. Stafford needed to prove he could get to the Super Bowl because getting to the Super Bowl is really freaking hard no matter who you are. And he needed to prove that he could not only get into the playoffs, but get into the Super Bowl, win a lot of games, make plays to win games, which he also did. And he doesn't have anything else to prove. Maybe... Is it enough to prove he's a top three quarterback in the league now? Sure, maybe then he needs a Super Bowl. Fine, if he wants to be, break that top three. But he's definitely in the top five. And he's going with a great chance and a great team. Uh, and we only needed him to make it this far. And I and I even think if, if, if push had come to shove and in the NFC Championship game, you know, Jimmy G had made a play, as long as it wasn't Stafford making a mistake, I still think, you know, we would have thought that much. It would have been a... It would have been a hit on the Rams because they're in win-now mode, but it wouldn't have been a hit on Stafford. Uh, his big thing was, you know, he he was getting misrepresented as a, as a choker or, like, as someone who couldn't get it done, when in reality he was in just the hardest place to get it done, uh, one of the hardest places to get it done. So, you know, he can't overcome the Detroit Lions, but he certainly is a great quarterback, and he's proven that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, for me, I think he's he's certainly done enough for us to and, and I, I I think we both have always thought that that sort of stigma wasn't accurate with him. I think we both were like, nah, he's he's legitimate. It's that he's in Detroit. And he took Detroit to, to three playoffs. Um, right. And as and as a wild card each time because he's in the same division as Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, like that that franchise didn't help him. And although he went 0-3, I, I've just pulled this up. Since 1957, the Detroit Lions have one playoff win. So, like, Matt Stafford not being able to get them a second one, I, like, I think that's more of a – clearly an indictment on the franchise than the quarterback, and, he, and he's proven it here. And and now I think he has a, a, a really strong opportunity to – like, if he goes out there and win, where now, now you start talking about him – and sort of like what tier of all time do we put Matt Stafford? Because of course he's, he's not Joe Montana, Tom Brady. I, I think even though he would be tied with Rogers, I, I don't know if he's up there with Rogers, but I, I think he enters the discussions with the, with the, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the, the Eli Manning's um, it's just some of those guys a little bit. And, and it's still, you know, like he's 33. The Rams seem to want to keep on trying to win, could maybe go sag, sag, snag himself a second and, and really rewrite a narrative. But no, I, I think this playoff run for, for anyone that was dumb and didn't understand that Matt Stafford was a good guy. I, I think this has, or a good player. I think this has to, to prove that like, no, it's, that's why it's like, it's tough for me to give Tom Brady a, like the, the love of best athlete of all time, because like sometimes there's not, you could be extremely talented and there's nothing you can do because there's 21 other guys, more than 20. 100%. 100%. Agree with you. Let's flip it to the other quarterback in this game, Jimmy Garoppolo. So close to taking the Niners to their second Super Bowl in three years, which it, like, is just insane because of everything around Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jan, was this Jimmy G's last game in San Fran or with San Fran? Yeah, I mean, of course it was. There's like not a single hint of anything. 
it's it's definitely definitely his last game. He's even come out and said, "I'm just looking to go to a nice place." Basically, so you know what, Jimmy G, I hope that for you too. I hope you get a nice trade package. I hope you go somewhere where you're appreciated and not like someone's waiting to knock you out. And uh, I hope you find a coach that treats you just as well, and and you can have a little bit of success. Um, but yeah, it's his last game, and it, it it should be. You know, I think. The Jimmy Garoppolo experiment needs to be over in San Francisco. They have a good enough team to go far, but there there is a persistent problem, and and in my head, it's it's been the lack of a cutting edge quarterback. Not saying that it's been Jimmy G's fault they've lost all those times, but I'm also saying he didn't help them. So it's it's kind of a little bit of right. A, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I think it I think it, like just has to be right. And and even just like from the Jimmy G perspective, like I I've never been a big Jimmy G guy, even like when he was like kind of getting his hype as being the next big thing or what have you. <coughs> but I, I think he does get probably a little more hate than he deserves. I don't think he really deserves any more love than he's getting at, at this moment. But like he can be a serviceable quarterback. There's times where he can make some nice throws he will lose you a game and, yeah. and he'll make some, some bad, like, it's not even just like, Oh, Jimmy's not leading us to this win. No, it, it's one of those quarterback situations where it's like his plays are giving the game away. And, and that's like, you can't have that when, when you're trying to win Super Bowls, and especially when like the Niners are like the reason the, the Niners beat the Packers as complete as I thought our Pat, my Packers were the Niners were the, the more complete team. On right. you know every level of the game, and like they're they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL. So it clearly just missing the quarterback. And look, Kyle Shanahan when he gets his quarterback, it it better be impressive. It better be fun to watch. But I also think for like uh, Jimmy G, for his sake, I hope it's the last game. Like I, I'm not even praise him, but he has endured enough speculation. Like he's endured. Like, I feel like the second Jimmy G got there, they're like, so what are they getting rid of Jimmy G? And yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he's, he's almost taken up in two Super Bowls. Like, you know, like, so he can't really be enjoying being in that spot. Like just the constant getting ripped on the constant speculation about your job when, when you're doing a decent job. So yeah, I, I think he's done and, and go, like he said, go somewhere that'll appreciate you. Like, Jimmy G is an upgrade for a lot of teams. As I said, if we lose Aaron Rodgers and, and, and we get Jimmy G, like that's who my Packers have week one, I'll be very, very pleased with that quarterback option. So yeah. there's, there's plenty of places for him to go and to be loved. You know where I think he could go and be loved, but I think the fan base might eat him alive, but I think would be a good coach to be under. He should go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He should be their week one quarterback. I like that. Because he got a running game, he's got a defense, he's got a couple receivers. Granted, those receivers need to grow the heck up, but like, still, he's got a couple receivers that he can throw to. I think it would be right. great. Um, I also just have well, to say... What, that, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you say I'm going to say something different, so you say it. Oh, I was just going to say, that. that's why I, I like him, because we have that running game, and like, if there is a time where, where Garoppolo's at his best, and, and when he excelled at the 49ers, it was in kind of that play-action being able to run the ball. And so I'm like, yeah, you'll slide right in just fine. Right. hundred percent. 
And uh, just a little news, just because we were talking about Flores, apparently Hugh Jackson just came out and said the Browns, when he was coach, had a four-year plan that incentivized losing the first two seasons. Wow. I knew so, he came out earlier and said that there, like, he, was, he was also offered in- incentive and stuff for losing stuff, but wow. Yeah. Yeah, like no, I, I said, like, this, crash this is one that's, burn. like, this, like, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, and it's gonna, particularly because, also because Brian Flores, like, it's not, it's not like the Kaepernick thing, where, like, Kaepernick was kind of hung out to dry by everyone, like, Flores is already getting so many people behind him, so more people will feel comfortable to be like, yeah, I'm gonna come forward and, and tell my story, um, and and they should. There, there needs to be change. We've we've known this change is needed to happen, and finally maybe that change can occur. All right, Jan, we're not going to talk about it fully yet. We'll talk about it next week because it's not until next Sunday. But quick prediction right now: Bengals uh, win against the Rams, 27-21. Evan McPherson two clutch field goals. Greatest, second greatest playoff kicker of all time. He's got a long way to catch him in the Terry. I can't say that's true. I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'm going Bengals 24-20. Um, oh, also Matt, a Matt stat. This is technically the first Super Bowl without a one or a two seed in it. Ever. Wow. Ever. Nice. Stat that, back, Matt. Back, and technically back in 19, I believe it was 1975, the 1975 playoffs. They didn't technically have seeds then but what would have been the one and two that would have been the year the the lone year that like the one and two wouldn't but they technically didn't have seeds so as long as there's been seeds this is the first time we know one or two and it's also the highest seed combo since the 2011 super bowl uh when the six seed packers went up against the two seed steelers Thank you.